As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 308, and uh, we are back with some movies for this week. Two movies that are sort of crime, horror-centric. Mystery. Faux-doc mysteries. Mockumentary. Yeah, well, it's not a mockumentary, because that would be comedy. These aren't comedy. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Mockumentaries like Spinal Tap or Best in Show. Best in Show is probably one of the best. That was... Oh, that and What We Do in the Shadows or something like that, you know? Oh, what about that Al Yankovic movie? No, because that was like a movie. Yeah, that's a biopic. Biopic. I don't fucking know. It's a comedic biopic. Anyway, so this week we got two movies that were gifted to us by Plemke, Patrick Lemke, who is a watcher of the streams, podcast, listener, all across the board. Thank you very much for these movies this week. One of them we had gotten about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just now getting to it, so we apologize for that. But this week, we're going to be watching The Last Broadcast from 1998 and... Poughkeepsie Tapes from 2007. The Poughkeepsie Tapes from 2007. Technically, I think it came out in like 2006. There's a big story behind it. But uh, anyway, these two movies we got for on Blu-ray and we wanted to watch them. I think this is one of the first ones that Scream Factory did, actually. Mm-hmm. Poughkeepsie Tapes. And then the last broadcast is by 101. Uh, so there's a lot of extras and stuff on that one that just came out. It's like a collector's edition of the last broadcast. And if you guys aren't familiar with the last broadcast, it's one of the movies that was basically out before the Blair Witch that everybody always talks about. Mm-hmm. Might not be as popular, obviously, because you know, many reasons, but it is part of history in a way. So it's kind of interesting to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be kind of comparing a little bit to the original Blair Witch, although we didn't rewatch it to kind of like really give you the full lowdown. We just didn't have time. Mm -hmm. We had Thanksgiving and everything, which I hope that you guys, if you celebrate it, had a great Thanksgiving. Um, If you don't celebrate it, I hope you had some times with your friends or family and uh, had a great week or weekend. Now it's time to get ready for Santa. Yeah, and the holidays. Happy holidays, guys, technically. I mean, the holidays for us are just pretty much like Halloween on. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, Because you got all the way to New Year's Eve, and then it's like, then it's like done. Then it's done. Yeah. So four holidays for us. Until the next year. Right. And, and, you know, 
Thanksgiving's one that is just like mostly just food and family. And we had a good Thanksgiving. It was really calm. We we didn't have as many family right. together. I got in an argument with my parents, which was really great. <laughs> typical. Typical. <laughs> you know it's not a holiday. <laughs> well, normally that doesn't happen. So let's not say that. <laughs> but I, I'm sure some of you out there can probably relate to that. I, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Because it's always like that at the holidays anymore. <laughs> right. So, uh, for those of you who have to deal with that kind of stuff, I, I feel your pain. I love you. <laughs> but we had a good one, though. We had a really nice kind of kickback one. We had some uh, really good food, and I slept on the couch two times. Uh, that was pretty neat because, you know. Murray came with us, too, so that was nice. He was a good boy. He was a good boy. <laughs> He's eating his lick mat right now with yogurt and pumpkin. Got to keep him quiet. Got to keep that bur- yeah. that squeak quiet. Oh, it's going to be squeaking soon because he's already piled through this thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, what else have we been doing this week? Oh, I, I watched the first episode of Wednesday, by the way. Oh, you did? I liked it. Yeah? It's actually kind of good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's it's geared to young kids. Because there is graphic gore in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, it's it's. I kind of thought that was awesome. There is some heavy CGI. They are using songs like play Paint It Black on a cello, a cello version of that that she plays in it. Mm-hmm. I think that she's doing a very good Wednesday Adams. Even Christina Ricci's in the show as like a teacher, like a school uh, teacher thing. It kind of has this like... Hogwarts kind of feel to it because she goes to like a academy where her mom went, Morticia Adams went. Oh. Because she can't stay in school because she released piranhas in a pool when they picked on her brother. Nice. And it chewed off a kid's testicle. (laughs) (laughs) Which they even talk about. So it's kind of an adult thing. I think they they know their audience and they're going for the 90s kids. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, this is more leaning towards that. Mm -hmm. But there is, you know, like we do have the Adams in the move in the in the show and Guzman's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Her mom, the mom is pretty good. It's a different version. Right. You know, they're not, uh, they're a little, it's a little more sentimental in some ways too, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because, you know, like in the 90s version, they would always say something like really mean to each other. And then they'd be like, ah, that's my girl, you know? Right. This one's a little bit more dynamic with the mom and the sister and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And I like Pugsley too. He's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. There's something, but she does a really good job. Like, I'm actually kind of like impressed like mm-hmm. it's different but it's good right so i don't know it's not like, like i said this isn't a show that's necessarily made for me but they've made some changes and even uh even um tim burton's gotten a little more diverse if you know what i mean oh it's about time <laughs> jesus i know i was i was thinking about that in the back of my head i was like i wonder if there's like people of color in this show <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, there is quite a few, actually. Well, it's good. Yeah, it's a, a pretty interesting show, though. It's nothing like I was expecting, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but they've got like, a, you know, a couple side stories going on, a couple love interests. Like there's a town outside of, of the school that she goes to and... There's, you know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think you'll like it. I think you should watch it and then maybe we'll watch it together. All right. I just was bored last night. Oh, you're fine. I I had to watch something new. Dude, it's like we're halfway through all these shows. It's like we just need to finish 
some of these shows. Oh, you know? I know, I know. Gosh. It's just hard because like we were always like it's either busy. We're always busy. Either you're like going to bed early or I'm falling asleep on the couch when we try to watch stuff. So it's like Right. We can never do it. So my time right now, guys, is like that late night. Mm-hmm. I've been going to bed at like three AM every night. Yep. And it's because it's the only time I'm lucid, like I'm awake. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice. Like that's why that's why I embrace it. That's why I'm like doing it. But I hate getting up so late in the morning because I like to get work done in the morning as right. soon as possible. I used to be a nighttime person. I always work at night. Now mm-hmm. I'm a daytime person. Right. And I like to get work done early, do my thing at night, and have fun at night. So mm-hmm. anything else that we're uh, looking forward to? We're gonna be doing some holiday movies here for the next couple weeks i think mm-hmm. we're we're not going to do the whole month obviously guys because i'm going to be catching up on all these movies that i missed or that i haven't gotten to see yet obviously i can't watch every single movie that came out this year but i try my best so i can do the top 20 or so movies from this year mm-hmm. and uh this year is going to piss a lot of people off because i already like a lot of movies that everybody's hating so right. i just know that everybody's going to just stop listening to me or us uh, because of this top 20, if anybody even cares at all. Right. So we'll see. <laughs> so I think this year I'm going to do the podcast and I'm going to do a separate post for reviews, news and reviews. Mm-hmm. That is the top 20. And I'm going to do a write up for that as well. And you can I'm going to put it the podcast at the top if you want to listen to me talk about it. That way I can kind of strike different audiences. Right. And so I may even do. do like a quick rundown on my uh or just do a clip on YouTube for you guys so you can listen to this and maybe put pictures and stuff with it so that while you watch it it's interesting enough, you know? What right. I mean? Right. So but Christina, did you have movies that you liked this year? Have you been keeping track like you said you were going yeah, to? Yeah, I'm keeping track. There's some movies I liked. She hasn't seen a lot. Not too many, but, you know, I like movies. I like movies. <laughs> we we tend to watch a lot of older stuff on the podcast, but we do get a couple, couple things in there on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, and I... And I- and I watch movies with you sometimes, so, you know. Yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, by the way, for new movies that have come out, I know there's, like, The Killing Tree that came Terrifier out. Terrifier 2. No, Christmas movies, I'm saying. Oh, we didn't say that. Or so. holiday movies in particular, because we got the next two weeks to do, get that out of the way, you know what I mean? And I want to try to do newer stuff, because we've done a lot of the older stuff over the years. You right. Know what I mean? It's not like we have that much to do anymore. Right. <laughs> so... But if you guys have any ideas or any uh, things that you want us to do that are like come out this year that we haven't seen that are holiday themed, I just watched the movie The Leech that I'm probably just have that up before this episode airs. So if you haven't checked that out on YouTube, please do. Uh, it's a actually pretty interesting movie. You might like it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a comedy, like a dark, dark comedy about a priest around uh, the holidays. So oh. pretty cool. This week, we are not going to be doing our horror shots, so we decided against it today because both of us are not exactly feeling too great, and uh, we really just don't want to drink when we don't want to drink. I'll do a shot of water. Yeah, she's feeling sick. I'm tired as shit, and I know that if I do take a shot, it might make Mm -hmm. me tank for when I stream afterwards. Uh, I didn't get enough sleep, in other words. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we are going to jump into our flesh and potatoes though of this week, which is two 
crime faux documentaries called The Last Broadcast from 1998 and The Poughkeepsie Tapes from 2006 or 7, whatever you'd like to call it. But we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Alright guys, so Christina did the work on the first one, the last broadcast, or 1998. A film crew ventures into the forest in search of the mythical Jersey Devil. Yep. Which is a very, very boring myth. In the Pine Barrens. <laughs> um, the tagline is, what actually happened that night in the woods? Question mark. Lame. Anyway. A lot of sex. A lot of fucking... <laughs> Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's what the New Jersey Devil does. He makes you have sex with each other. Okay. Uh, written and directed by Stephen Avalos and Lance Wheeler. This was written and directed by Stephen Avalos and Lance Wheeler. Stephen Avalos, who plays the the other host in the facts Factor Fiction show in this, mm-hmm. uh, he also directed a movie called The Game. From 1994 mm-hmm. and Strad Style from 2017. Up, he also has an upcoming movie called Cash Out. Okay. Lance Wheeler, who uh, who also plays Locus in this film. It's such a weird name, too, by the way. Yeah, Locus. I was like, is it Locust or lo- Locus? Right. Like, I don't know what they were doing. So, in the 90s, Wire Ma- Magazine named him one of the top 25 people... Uh, helping to reinvent entertainment and change the face of Hollywood. He also wrote Head Trauma from 2006 and a bunch of shorts that okay. he wrote. Right. Also stars David Beard, who plays David. Uh, he's the filmmaker of the movie. He was also in a movie called Strange Brew from 1983. Which, uh, yeah, would uh, the guy who wrote Miracle Mile or directed it mm-hmm. wrote. Oh, okay. Upright. And also Head Trauma from 2006. Mm-hmm. There's Jim Seward, who plays Jim. He was the accused murderer in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Siege of Evil from 2005 and Stanton Blues from 1998. Okay. And remember that part of the movie where I, I said, uh, oh, I didn't know Sarah Silverman was in this movie. Right. You know, yeah, joking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously that wasn't her, but it was Holly fucking Madison. Holly Madison uh she is she was in Girls Next Door. She was Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. Oh, I have no idea. Uh and then she was in that show for a long time. She's uh, she was Zach Baggins' girlfriend for a long time. Oh, uh, why did she her. so she bleached her hair basically? Yes. Well, yeah, duh. Well, that's this why I was, don't recognize her. This was the abs- I know I didn't recognize her either. This was the absolute first thing she had ever done. <laughs> Weird. Which I thought was so funny to to see like where she's come since like this movie. It's so funny. Uh, it's funny. But yeah, she, you know, I just said she was in Girls Next Door in Holly's World. And then this movie had a budget of $900. Well, see, now I think that that might not be 100% true, by the way. Because when I was watching them, the, the stuff that they were doing, they had to get a computer to edit this whole movie. Uh huh. And the, the gig, the nine gig drive that they had on there, they said they paid like $3,000 for. Oh, okay. Three or $4,000 for it. And it was an old used one. 
Okay. So that that has to be accounted for when you're making a movie, right? I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you consider that, I'm saying? I guess. Like, if you can't edit the movie that you're making for $900, then you would include that price in the cost of I making have, a movie, I right? have no idea if there was a favor or... I don't know how it worked, I but know. I think it's more than 900 But let's just say it's under 5000 How about that? Mm-hmm. Still a lot, still a low amount of number, but why it needs to go down to nine is a little confusing to me. So I'm I'm confused because they didn't really clarify what they were talking about with that computer mm-hmm. because they were saying how expensive nine gig hard drives were back then because they were. I didn't even know they existed back in 1998, mm-hmm. <laughs> let alone fucking, you know, how much they were going to cost. Mm-hmm. You know, but back then it was like $10,000 for a nine gig hard drive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they got the money. They never explained how they got the computer or how they made it work. They just said they kind of threw parts together. So I'm assuming not including the computer, it was $900. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they definitely spent it on the cheap. So it seems like some people like to say they made a movie on a dollar and they didn't. Right. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that do that nowadays. Right. So I'm just trying to be a little bit more specific. That's mm-hmm. all. Anyway. So what did you think about this movie, Alex? Um, I This is not my first time seeing it. Have you seen it before? No. You've never seen it before? No. Okay. I have... I, I saw this way back in the day. It was after Blair Witch because I they, there was a big stink about it, about the whole Blair Witch in this movie. Like, this movie laid the groundwork for Blair Witch to do what it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people were like... You know, they were either mad at the Blair Witch for tricking them or trying to take away from its exposure. And you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but they're very different movies. And we'll get into that a lot more in the the extras, the spoiler kind of area. But the last broadcast is kind of one of those movies that is, you know, it's kind of infamous and famous at the same time. So it's infamous because the the Blair Witch kind of overshadowed it, which is unfortunate. It just did. It just happened that way because this was a really pretty cool idea for the time. That was, a some people say, ahead of its time. Um, they would say it was right on time. Mm-hmm. for what people were trying to do. And I, I actually kind of agree with them because if you think about it, if the Blair Witch came out around the same time and this came out at the same time, it was already percolating in the public's opinion and public's creativity. You know what I mean? Right. That type of style was about to come out because, you know, we have shot on video, which are the like homemade fucking horror movies and stuff like that that people would make. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar to that, only it was done in a faux documentary style, which is a way that they got to make a movie that on the cheap, mm-hmm. you know, because it covers a lot of mistakes, a lot of amateur stuff that they would have done. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You don't need the best actors. You could just act normal. You don't have to do anything crazy. You could just like try to do something. And they, they kind of work in this, this show called factor fiction that these two guys uh, are on a show of, and they kind of research some weird things. And someone says, you know, on their live cast, they can, cause they're doing um, ICQ, which is so crazy to think about. If you guys remember, there was AOL chat and then ICQ and then Yahoo chat came out too. And those were like the three that you used oh, back the in the day one? of the internet. Yeah. Uh-huh. For chat. Most everybody had AOL and they used AOL to get to ICQ. 
But it was like different chat groups, different like, you know, Mm -hmm. that you would use. Mm -hmm. And everybody used all three of those. So, but they were using ICQ live with their broadcast on this, like, what do they call them? Back in the day, or access, what do they call them? Public access. Public access TV show called Factor Fiction. And these guys get a guy that says, hey, why don't you do the New Jersey Devil, which is a actual old folklore and we'll get into what that is but let's just say it's a winged goat hoofed uh sort of creature that is like a dragon that some lady had gave birth to out of 13 kids and that was the the one that came out all messed up (laughs) i don't know who she's fucking or what it is but uh yeah that's what happened and it it apparently haunts the pine barrens which is a forest uh out in in uh pennsylvania and like new jersey Mm-hmm. So it's like right in in that area. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, but they didn't really explain anything in the movie. Right. But anyway, I'm just giving them the breakdown of what that is. Right. So these guys go out to research it with a guy who's psychic and a little crazy, a guy who says he's caught paranormal sounds on there, and then like the two of them, and there's only one person that returns, and it's the psychic crazy guy who gets blamed for all their deaths. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's the, basically we find the tapes that they use to do all of this. And as the guy who is getting punished for supposedly murdering all these guys, more tape shows up and they we get to see what happened. Right. And they try to figure out the mystery of this. And it's really kind of a mix between like a supernatural sort of documentary about this this creature, as well as like these kids and this all access channel or the public access channel and all of these things all at once. And it's a little boring. I'm going I'm to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but for its time, it's really ingenious. And what they did with the lack of money that they had. It seemed kind of good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about 1998, for Christ's sake. That's a pretty long time ago, you know, for new technology, for these no-name guys who never did anything really before. Uh-huh. You know, so they decided to make this movie. I thought it was pretty cool. I remembered it better or more fondly than I did this time. But because I take so much interest in the sort of lore and the history of movie making and movies that kind of impacted the industry and stuff like that, because by all means, this movie and like the Blair Witch are considered to be modern uh, sort of, I don't want to say masterpieces, but, you know, modern impacted movies. Like these are movies that are very modern, that are taking use of all the technology and making something out of it to make it as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really shock me. It didn't really engage me as much as I really wanted to. It was enough to follow along, but it was a little bit slow. And yeah, it's it's definitely there's a reason why the, the, the directors and the creators of this definitely wanted to make a message about how m- reality could be manipulated this way. Mm hmm. And that if somebody wanted to package this in a certain way, you could make people believe anything that you want. And the good thing about this movie is that it does have a pretty cool twist at the very end, which I thought was interesting and I did not remember for some reason. Mm -hmm. In fact, I really thought this was going to be the supernatural movie because it's been since Blair Witch that I saw it. 
Right, and that was just straight supernatural. Right, and it was like probably 1999 or 2000. So it's been 20 years, and I watched it once, and I don't remember very fondly about it because there was not a lot of stuff that happens in the movie, to Boring. be honest with you. <laughs> but it is kind of an interesting way to kind of film a movie, and it gave it gave people ideas to make better films than what they made. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's still a leader in the industry, even if it's not like... The most popular, like the Blair Witch or the most, you know, interesting, like itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's still kind of interesting to see. And I like it because of all the extras and stuff that I got to see about the movie and how it was made and why they made it and, you know, why they use the technology. One of the guys in it actually helped develop the process for filmmaking or mm-hmm. giving video a filmic look, which I'll talk about in the extras. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to see what inspired these guys to go out there and just do it, you know, because that's half of movie making magic is just get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. So many of the directors I've talked to always say, don't talk about it. Just do it. Right. So I don't know. There's something to be admire. I admire about it. Do I like this better than the Blair Witch? No. Right. And I don't really like the Blair Witch that much. Mm-hmm. I love it for its historical value. I loved it when I watched it the first time I saw it. It was mm-hmm. groundbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. But it just, neither of these have aged very well over time. And I would be hard-pressed to give this any more than a four. Oh, okay. Maybe less. Uh-huh. But you have to give them some credit historically. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing stuff that nobody was doing. It's very original, very its own thing. And I can see back in the day people believing this because we didn't have... This is pre-reality TV, guys. You know, we we didn't have, you know, full... What was that? Uh, True story! MTV's fucking... Show that they had where everybody like um, three straight and ten strangers. The real world. The real world. That was like one of the first fucking, you know, reality yeah. TV shows that we really had. All yeah, we- it was around that this time. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I could see people gathering news from news this way mm-hmm. back in the day. But now, because we've we've now gone from people getting information from the news to Twitter Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now the news is using Twitter to follow to, or TikTok. Yeah. As uh, news. As news. It's just about convenience. So if you have an interest in this movie and you never, here's the thing that I will say, and the director said this in a way, and I'll, I'll br- abbreviate it just so I don't repeat it too much, but they said that this is more of an intellectual movie for people who want to know about, that aren't into Supernatural as much. He said, the Blair Witch is more of a horror movie where this is, yes, it's horror. But it's like crime mystery. But it's like a crime mystery. So if you're one of those people that always loved the theory about how the Blair Witch was actually a murder mystery that they just made it, turned it into a supernatural thing, this might be the a perfect movie for you, actually. Mm-hmm. You might actually think it's better than what I thought. They followed the river. Right, yeah. As one of my old friends, rest in peace, uh, and I got in an argument about, <laughs> he hated the Blair Witch because he couldn't understand that there would be supernatural elements in a movie. In a fictional movie. In a fictional movie, yeah. 
He couldn't get past the fact that they should have just followed a stream in the Blair Witch to get out of the woods. And he couldn't understand that the witch had actually trapped them in their hell. And that's why everything was repeating. They couldn't leave. And they and the map was useless. That's why they threw the map away. Mm -hmm. So but yes, if you like a more based in reality kind of horror movie that's like along a serial killer kind of style this may be more appealing than something like the Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. What about you, Christina? Oh, God. <laughs> you are correct. This is a very boring movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. boring. No, it is creative. Um, I don't see, I don't think it's realistic at all. And I don't know if that's because of the acting or what. We've it just had a lot of, like, of movies that have built on these since we saw them. Well, yeah, but it feels, but I try to keep it to like that time period in my head and it feels like they were trying to be like seven or something. They were trying to do like a, like a, oh, don't a, spoil the I'm ending. Not, okay. I'm just saying, cause you know, there's twisty turnies and that there's twisty turnies in this and that's what I'm just saying. That's what it felt like. Okay. But the, in the, all in all, the ending was kind of disappointing and I really did wish it didn't go there. But, I mean, yeah, it is kind of, but it's also kind of unique too. Like you know, it's, and it, I don't know why they use the Jersey Devil because that really is a boring myth. Like, there's nothing really to that myth. It's kind of just stupid. It's just like there's a wild animal. Yeah, the they woods. really didn't go over it very much either in this yeah, movie. Yeah, but either. even we try to look it up and stuff, and even still, it was it's a boring myth. Yeah, like people it's who not a big deal who made like ten minute videos even were stretching it out just to make it sound interesting. Yeah, and yeah, that made it even <laughs> harder. But it does. Uh, like so the storyline kind of reminds me of fire in the sky where it's like like nobody believes them you know and then they kind of like stop believing and then uh, especially when the accuser was being accused you know right i really feel but, like you know they're you know one of the first found footage movies that is like kind of like this was alien abduction mm -hmm. which you can get on vinegar syndrome it's through afga i think Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, but it's really ridiculous if you look at it now. But as a piece of historical value, it's kind of like what these movies did for aliens. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of feel like aliens in this kind of environment, like the fourth kind, movie mm -hmm. the fourth kind. Right. It, it, it makes the movie the fourth kind infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Like infinitely better than than this shit, you know. No, no offense to these guys, right? You know, I think they're genius for what they did. Oh, I don't, I don't think that was. A, <laughs> that, I think no, no, no. Is I, that a genius? I, it is genius because nobody else was thinking about that. Nobody else was utilizing the technology like this. Oh, okay. That is genius. Whether it's interesting or not, that's a whole other level of entertainment, right? You know, like you can be good at a job but not be entertaining at it. Does that make sense? Oh, like this job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I can be informative and that's why I lean on information a little bit because I suck at being oh, entertaining. I, I meant yeah. that a dig at me. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were being a dick to me. No, <laughs> no. Jesus. <laughs> Going for the throat. Anyway, continue. I'm uh, sorry. The, but uh, it, I don't know if you kind of like this movie. I would I would suggest Horror in the High Desert. That's kind of the same premise where it's like a documentary. And then they're like, he's like, you know, trying to discover and going out in the woods and something happens like that kind of stuff. It's like the same premise and it's better. Right. But you got to understand, like, to be fair about that, I hear people say shit like that all the time. Shit like what? They'll watch an old movie that 
people appreciate it back in the day and things have changed so drastically since then that it doesn't even compare to other movies that have like literally it did, it, ripped the, from but, it but Blair Witch which was literally the next year was like way better right but people still borrowed from it yeah do you understand what I'm saying I understand what you're saying but it's but they borrowed from it because there was elements it wasn't a good movie okay but again at the time it was more popular than it is now okay and the stuff that we've been spoiled today still got its roots from movies like the last broadcast and the Blair Witch and alien abduction these are movies that did something where they didn't have to do extra work to prove things to people so the movies that we're seeing now like horror in the high desert don't need to work as hard because the groundwork's already been laid by these guys. Right, and I was and just that's saying, why I say it's genius. And I was just saying, you know, if you liked this movie, you should watch Horror in the High Desert. Sure, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to add that thought. That's all. Okay. So what? She, she's mad at me now. One out of ten. One. I was boring. Okay. Well, I, I, if you, I, I, I mean, I guess she's, she's not wrong. It's not great. But if you do like the historical value of like watching these things, like I said, I didn't like really like the Blair Witch either. I think I gave it a three or a four too. You know what I mean? When you compare it, but it's hard to compare now because it was made for a specific time. It's like going, Hey guys, let me, um, let's, uh, let me show you this fair that I went to that I videotaped. We had such a great time. Let me show you the great time that we had. And it ends up being like a family movie that you watch and only remember because of nostalgia, not because it was a good time for everybody watching it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you may have a, a time with it and connect with it back then more than you do now. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I understand. You know, I think it's unfair to go, oh, well, this movie sucks now because we weren't, you know, we're in a different time now. But I wouldn't waste my time with this movie again, so... Right. No, it's a little boring, and I wouldn't... But I, I still like it a lot. I still like I don't even the have historical a, value of it. I don't even have a favorite scene. Right, that's oof, fine. There's, oof. There could be things that you like that they did in it or did not do it. You know, we'll talk about it. Okay. But yeah, thank you, Plumkey, for sending it to me. Uh, Christina clearly hates your gift, and she does not like it. And she gave it a one out of ten. That's yep. the type of gift Send you gave it back. her. You gave her a one out of ten gift. So <laughs> to you, not me. It was to us. Thank you. He knows what he's doing. But yeah, no, we're joking, Plumkey. Is you know they you can't win them all, and he, I don't even think he likes it as much. Uh-huh. It's more just like a collecting it's the, thing the, because it's the blur. It was just the blur which inspired it. That's right. Why. Well, that's we've had those conversations, Plumkey and I, on the stream and stuff. Right. You know, or I, and 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 one of the guys that I had that argument with used to come to this stream too. Mm-hmm. So we we had this big discussion about the last broadcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Take it for what you will. It's not going to win a lot of people over these days. It is old. It is outdated. It has not aged well. And we have done leaps and bounds in acting and uh, the modern techniques that we use today to make it more realistic than ever. And just remember, some of your favorite movies, when they get older, 30, 40 years older, they're not going to be as good either because they relied on things like technology and the way we consume media and how we fucking believed things and the times that we were living in. That's how modern it was is it was so modern. We don't even, it doesn't even make sense to us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm just trying to be, you know, devil's advocate for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
But I don't know. What do you guys feel? I would love to hear what you think about this movie. Do you feel the same way about it? Do you still give it respect because it did something that, you know, we hadn't seen at the time? Or is it just a piece of shit movie like Christina said? And one out of 10, don't bother your time wasting on it at all. Or do you have to be a specific type of person to watch it? We do have some uh, pretty interesting trivia that we could talk about about this movie. This is probably the best part about it, I would say. (laughs) If you have uh, not seen this movie and you know anything spoiled, there is a copy that you can get from 101. Uh, They have a new brand new Blu-ray that just came out that you can pick up anywhere, pretty much. Uh, They're limited copies. They come with like a booklet and everything like that. And a ton of extras, by the way. Oh. I wonder if someone made a porn. (laughs) The last broad casting couch or something. (laughs) Ha ha! Uh, anyway, <laughs> you can actually stream it on AMC Plus, by the way, on Tubi, Shutter. It's all on there. So if you want to watch it for free on those services, you can. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. Timestamps down below for the next movie we're going to talk about spoiler free. And then we'll tell you what we're watching next week. So the Pine Barrens is, like I said, it was a forest in South Jersey. Deborah Leeds, which was this woman back in the early you know, New Jersey in times, I guess, back when we first settled here, apparently had 13 children. And the 13th child was born with wings, a horse head and cloven feet. And it was cursed and she got rid of it or something. Or And then it got pissed off on all the villagers, tried to kill it. And as it, a baby, it got pissed off because, yeah, because the <laughs> villagers, it had wings and shit. It was a really happy thing. It was like Pete's dragon. And then it turned into a monster because they kept fucking Frankensteining it all the time. You know what I mean? That's the lesson to be learned here. Just because it's ugly doesn't mean it's going to kill you. It's just not good to look at. (laughs) And it shits everywhere in the woods. (laughs) Anyway, it killed a bunch of animals. There was a U.S. commander, apparently, that shot a cannon at it. And it put a hole through its whole body and didn't even kill it, supposedly. This is like witchcraft. the history of it. It only enraged the Jersey Devil, which, of course, made it go on a killing spree for quite some time. And this was like something to scare children to come back in at night. Oh. You know, even though when I grew up, they were like, get the fuck out of the house, figure it out outside. <laughs> Boomer parents. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's it like is that. True. It's my, like, my parents were the same way. It's like that fucking Bill Burr fucking inappropriate uh, comedy mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing he did with Conan O'Brien. That was, look that up. Like Conan O'Brien, Bill Burr, inappropriate laughter. That's what it is. And <laughs> he talks about when we were kids, you know, parents were just like, go figure it out. It's true. Mm hmm. They were just like, go right. meet up with other kids in the neighborhood. So this is probably something to keep kids from staying out too late. Right. And, you know, right. it's just one of those stories that all the kids knew growing up, growing up at the time that are probably our age or even older mm-hmm. than us. You know what I mean? Now they got to be worried about shooters at school and shit. <laughs> yeah. Up about yeah. It. The, 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 the monsters now live near the schools. Mm-hmm. So, but. Late in 1927, a man in a taxi blew out a tire in the Pine Barrens, and apparently he saw something that had a towel that was really tall, had a tail, and it escaped. Uh, he escaped it attacking his car. Like the roof flew off, all this other shit. It's like crazy. Okay. But that's like the history of it for the most part. Other than that, you know, it's just all 
Yeah. Village it, talk. It, let me guess, it hasn't happened in the last 50 years. <laughs> well, the one the one true, the one uh, sort of legend that's also kind of big, because you, you get a lot of these on the East Coast, other than like stuff like Southwest, which is like the Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have like, you know, Bigfoot out in California area and mm-hmm. Colorado and oh, shit like, like that. Oh, like the Bigfoot that killed all those weed farmers. <laughs> yeah, it was just but a it, fascinating story. But it really did it. It was yeah. just somebody murdered a bunch of people. Dude, that was like one of the coolest documentaries. <laughs> that was a really cool Until the last third of that <laughs> and movie. And then you're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, the big one is the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Mothman in, in West Virginia. That's right. That one still has people saying... They see it and shit. Yeah, and that one is also very well connected to uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that they make you see this Mothman, and it's really an alien that's, like, controlling your mind and shit like and that. And probing you. Yeah, like the Mothman movie that... What's his name? Richard Gere? Is that what it was? I have no idea. I think it was Richard Gere from Pretty Woman was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it with Richard Gere? I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, he's in it. And uh, yeah, it definitely is an okay movie. Um, but man, the lore of the Mothman is so much more rich and then something like the New Jersey Devil. But if you grew up in New Jersey, maybe it's different for you. But now we have all the scary noodles or whatever. They're like Slender Man. What are those scary called? Scary noodles? <laughs> what are those called? Wait, what? What are those called? What's the, what's the fucking website? Are you talking that... about like Bob Dobbs spaghetti monster no, type noodles? No, no. What, where did the Slender Man come from? Oh, it's, I don't remember. That's like a, that's actually an internet meme that turned into. I thought uh, it was people who write the stories. Yeah, they call them. Um, now you got me fucking thinking. See? Some noodles. They're not noodles. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. I wasn't planning to go through every single one of them. Jesus Christ. Creepy pasta. Ah, see? Noodles. Noodles? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Noodles. No wonder I couldn't fucking think of it. Jesus Christ. You know, creepy noodles. <laughs> spooky noodles. <laughs> you guys know the spooky noodles story? You sound like an 85 year old woman. I know, because I am. <laughs> what my body feels like <laughs> jesus christ yeah the slender man i don't even know if there was an origin area necessarily but that was like an internet meme that turned into a to kids killing kids <laughs> yeah which is yeah. just fascinating too but um but it just goes to show you that you know if someone makes you believe a story enough or say things repeatedly mm-hmm. you yep. can affect people's lives yep or and- you could go shoot people right you could get out of control and maybe mm-hmm. shoot up a club or something like that mm-hmm. like a fucking idiot did just recently mm-hmm. which you know it's like how hard is that to kind of understand that we have had literally people who believe in legends yeah exactly you know, who We've have gone to this who've gone to great lengths to kill people based on these legends mm-hmm. like la llorona mm-hmm. that's a real fucking thing Yep. People thought that the La, La Llorona was coming and she, like a woman drowned her kids and shit mm-hmm. just to try to help please. Well, it's just like when people kill because God told them to. Right. <laughs> Which you know? makes me think of that movie, God Told Him to, God Told Me To. What movie is that? It's I don't pretty know cool. It's a, it's a uh, Cohen film. Uh, I got in the mail. It was in 4K. It looked really good, too. Oh. Um, 
It was like a 7.5, 7 or 7.5. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool story, though. Okay. Got some alien shit in there, too. Oh, the I way. like I like religion and aliens? Yes, please. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> anyway, so on the, the 101 disc, there's an interview that they did with the directors and, you know, Stephen and Lance. They did interview them and other people that were connected to it and stuff and, like, it's pretty interesting because the movie takes place in the Pine Barrens, but they actually shot in the back lot of a Christmas tree farm, <laughs> which which really kind of resonates with me because when I was a kid, I lived a mile away from a Christmas tree farm, uh-huh. and we used to go wandering around in those woods. Before they murdered the trees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like tree mass. What is it called? Treevenge. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. But yeah, the creators of this movie, they basically wanted a commentary on what is or isn't real. Like the truth could be manipulated because at the time, like we said, we didn't have as much free speech as we did now. You know, like we had to kind of rely on things like TV and radio and newspapers in order to get our information. The Internet was still just kind of coming out, too. And we were still using it in those same methods. Like, even though there was the Internet, there was still TV, which is dominating the fucking information space. Mm -hmm. And as we know, those who dominate the information can dominate the minds of people. Mm -hmm. And that's why stuff like the Blair Witch popped off like it did. And they marketed it good. If they would have marketed this movie like they marketed that movie, I'm sure it would have been a little bit better. If they tried to do something like that now, we are so vastly deep in all these different forms of... Yeah, Yeah, but there there would be a sect of people that would believe it. Yeah. It would be a small group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That might be able to infect the other people, mm-hmm. you know, like zombies. You can't catch gay, by the way, guys, by the way. I just want to make sure you guys <laughs> understand that for those of you who uh, think it's contagious uh, <laughs> or that it's like some sort of satanic disease. <laughs> um, yeah, you're fucking crazy. OK, <laughs> just so you know, uh, <laughs> I feel like we're just like touching upon the times right now and how it kind of mirrors like things like when when you talk about this kind of subject that's why i'm i'm bringing this stuff up naturally is because i'm looking at sort of the how the this is kind of a brainwashing technique and their messaging is kind of true now Mm -hmm. you know in a way like it may not be as over like they probably thought it would have affected a lot more people a certain way you know than it would today necessarily, which is still a large group of people. But I mean, it's just interesting to look at how you could fool somebody into believing something by just harnessing the power of the information, which, you know, has always been true in history. And they wanted to make a social commentary on it at the time when this movie was being made. O.J. Simpson trial was happening. Oh, yeah, that's right. So which was pretty wild. That was like the biggest Literally the biggest court case on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I remember I was in high school, and when the verdict came out, they they let us watch them read the verdict. Really? Which I thought, now, looking back... Oh, that's right. I remember I don't that. think that was appropriate, and they should not have let yeah, us do Well, that. today, these days, it would have never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, it w- but again, like it, it was such a huge thing that they actually like paused school and ter- everybody turned on their TV right. in the classroom. It was like the Challenger going up when we were kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you know? It was Sorry. like a party popper. <laughs> I, just, I heard her screaming in the air. Did hor- you hear it? That's did, what they said. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember this. 
It's horrible. That was like a rumor. We heard her screaming <laughs> after the at the fucking Challenger blew All up. of those kids who were in the teacher's class mm-hmm. who were there, all those kids became teachers. Can you fucking believe that? That's crazy. One of my teachers almost went to the Challenger thing. Really? Oh, my God. He was a It was a social studies teacher. It wasn't my... Actually, it wasn't my It was just teacher. somebody at your school. It was somebody at my elementary school. Was, oh, my gosh. Was, went to... Tr- you know, like they had a whole bunch of teachers mm-hmm. and they went to try out for this, you know. Oh, and he tried out. Because they wanted to send all these educators up in space and like make them into astronauts. I still can't believe that happened. That is just like how... What were you going to say anyway, about OJ? Sorry. Oh, I don't even remember now because you said Challenger. And I anyway, <laughs> let's just get back on track here. So there were there's many movies like this now and they decided to do this sort of faux documentary kind of thing before... A lot of people did. Like, you know, there was no... Right, and even the com- the comedies turned to that kind of... Like, The Office. I think they were at later. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was later, but, I mean, like, all that led up to... Sure. To, the, to, to that, you know, from this, I mean. They did it just to cover their creative talent at the time because it wasn't as harnessed as well, like, hardened. <laughs> you know, that's what they were like. It kind of, they didn't say that those words verbatim, but they just, you know, when you're learning and you're trying to get, become a filmmaker, you get better and better and better. But the more you do at it and you more consistently, you do things like mm-hmm. if I spend every single day writing, a, writing music, I'm going to get better and better and better at it, more comfortable at it. And the roadblocks that would stand in the way of my creativity are going to open up. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys had a lot more roadblocks early on. And they thought, well, we'll just just do the best we can, and you know, mm-hmm. this will hide some of our flaws. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a great actors; we can't afford actors. They had a lot of family members that were actually like joining in, like mm-hmm. their mom and their dad. The more, like the the, I think it was like a mortician or something. That was the dad. There was mm-hmm. a woman with like blonde old old woman with blonde hair. That was their mom, one of the moms, mm-hmm. and they just had a lot of their family members in there. Uh-huh. So. Uh, they weren't actually even fond of um, video either, which is funny. They wanted to be actual celluloid filmmakers. Oh, okay. They didn't want to fuck around with this, but they didn't have the money to do it, and they had the drive to want to make a movie. So it's mm-hmm. funny. They didn't even like SOV, even though people were making movies at the time shot on video from the 80s on. Right. But they usually lack. Right. But this was like to be believed real, you know, right, so right. it was a, com- a whole new movement, which, you know, it just gave them, you know, some barriers because some people were gatekeeping them about making a movie that would be on video because it had been a decade or two even of people making fun of like video quality movies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody wanted film. And now it's funny. We don't even use film. We use digital. But, right. But, you know, you use the tools that you have to work with. And that's what Steve and, and of course, Lance decided to do. And actually, they disliked video so much that he figured out a way how to de-interlace video to make it look more film-like. Oh, okay. And he, Steven, was one of the earliest people to do the film look process in a way before it was a film look process, mm-hmm. which is now on digital and people use all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what he did is he actually took the footage, doubled the footage over top of it. So normally when you have footage like from video, you can see these little jaggedy lines in it. Mm-hmm. When he doubled up that image and then made it 50% opaque, 
you know, turn the opacity down mm-hmm. on the video so that you could see through it onto the other layer. He said that made it look more like a true 30 frames per second video. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of something he took credit for. It was nothing, you know, like it's not like they used that really anymore, but that's the early inklings of it, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. They, uh, edited all of this on that computer that i mentioned for the nine gig drive Mm -hmm. this this is huge back then it took them 86 fucking days to render this movie it's a long time they had to do it in little bits at a time in dial up yeah well (laughs) dial up there was not barely any internet but yeah (laughs) um but you know what i mean like it took on the like like when i render out my videos that are only 10 15 minutes long but they're right you know 1080p 60 frames per second right it takes like five ten minutes right you know they were trying to do that with film back then (laughs) in 1998 right which nobody was really editing on a computer at the time so it was all new to them but their goal was basically just to break the fourth wall at that with the twist at the end that we can kind of talk about now Mm -hmm. and sort of how you can manufacture reality by making people believe in a certain thing and they were, you know, this is something that they did because they really wanted to help the community make stuff like this mm-hmm. because they always considered them to be filmmakers. And in a way, in doing so, they kind of overlapped their stuff and other people did it better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Like the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though it's a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. So, which he said, you know, they mentioned the Blair Witch in this, by the way. And they said, you know, Artisan Entertainment picked them up and they had a $15 million budget. So this isn't a $50,000 movie or a $500,000 movie like they make it seem. Mm-hmm. Like, right, I, right. you know, it's, you know, they had a budget of. Yeah, like, which a lot of it went to marketing, though, too. Right. And they made a documentary. Yeah. Out of the documentary. Yeah. Which was on an, uh, on, on one History of the cable. Channel. Yeah, it was on the cable channel. Yeah. It was on History. Yeah. So which that makes was. It seems real. That was back when History Channel did nothing but. Yeah, real history. history. Yeah, history not ghost shows, none of this other shit. You know what not I mean? Not searching for treasure. Yeah, none of that. It was all legit, fucking like straightforward, mm-hmm. very you know, fit in a box type shit. So, but he, like I mentioned before, he also said, you know, theirs was more of an intellectual film about you know this message about how you can trick society into thinking whatever you want, and the Blair Witch is way more of a straightforward horror movie mm-hmm. so there's just you know that's why i say you know if you like the idea of people who made up that theory about the blair witch kids being set up to be killed by one of the people that went on that trip this the last broadcast might be more your speed mm-hmm. than the supernatural element that the blair witch tries to pitch so and i think that's mm-hmm. why people came to this conclusion about oh they were just murdered is because they're mixing the broad last broadcast with it because as we find out by the end of the movie, the documentarian is the murderer. Yeah, he's the killer. Who set them up to be killed so he could make a documentary about them being killed, which is nuts. Yeah, but I don't think they did it well. Right. That's the only, that's I mean, just what sucks about it, you know? Still kind of genius. It's always the cop. Yeah, I guess, you know, 
Yeah, it's interesting. That's why this movie and the next movie have a lot in common. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And I don't want to say what it is, but well, it's because they're both like um, they're both are like murder serial killer. Yeah, but like I said, mysteries. don't spoil. I'm not, okay. I'm just, I was just saying like serial killer type of thing. Sure. Which honestly, we don't really have that like in society. We don't really have that anymore. But you and I both thought this good. was going to be more about the supernatural element of the Jersey Devil when we went into it. Yeah, and it wasn't, it, and it wasn't, and we and it's been that long. I couldn't remember it. Obviously, it wasn't that memorable. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it for the trivia and stuff like that. The movie, you know, obviously has some pretty funny stuff in it, in unintentionally. Um, like Lance's character in it, the locust guy. Yeah, he was kind of crazy. He's like so. overly hammy in the movie. Yeah. Steven is like overly dramatically fucking not fun in yeah. the movie, which is kind of stuffy. Stuffy, yeah. Yeah, and they kind of, he was self-aware enough to know that. Mm-hmm. So you remember that part where they're making fun of him? Yeah. Before he gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes off by himself in the middle of the woods, uh-huh. which makes no sense, by the way. I see you at the camp, man. Yeah. Not that one. I'm talking about oh, the, the, other, the, the, the other short guy. guy with the hat leaves at night. Right. And they make fun of him. Right. And but, then they can't find him. Right. The psychic, the one you just mentioned, or the psycho, the guy goes up to him and he's like, so Jim, are you a psychic or a psycho? And he's like, man... See you at the camp, man. And he runs off into the woods. He like pouts like a little kid. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. that's uh, That should be a run on joke with us. You know, like whenever you say something mean to me, what? I'll be like, I'll see you at the camp, man. <laughs> <laughs> and run off like a goofy idiot. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. You know, they, they, they blame this gym guy who's a psychic who is also, you know, on the trip with them. He's really weird in the show, too. Like, I think he overacted the part, obviously. So mm-hmm. it's just too much. Um, there is really, it is very difficult to name like favorite parts of this movie. Do you think that maybe there is something that in particular that you thought that they did more believable? Not really. Like, not even the, uh, the, not even the people they were interviewing were like believable. <laughs> Really? Okay. So and the acting those, is just really bad. Yeah, yeah. So it just, it makes it hard to believe what's going on. Well, I don't think they would disagree with you even, you know, about the right, acting. Cause right, well, Yeah, they their, were just using people. Yeah, well, they said that they had like one night that they got everybody together and they would coach them mm-hmm. how to say things. They wouldn't even tell them the whole story. They would just be like, okay... Um, here's your lines. I just need you to act like you're a professor and you are studying this murder mystery about a bunch of guys who got murdered and why this guy came back. And I just want you to say these things. Mm -hmm. And if you have some improv stuff that you want to just throw in there that you think will go with it and meld with it, we're open to it. Mm -hmm. And then they did that. And he said, surprisingly, you know, some people just picked it up immediately. Others, not so much. <laughs> they had to do it multiple times. So, mm-hmm. yes, you know, even his dad, he said his dad, he was like, my dad did actually pretty good, you know. <laughs> but there was a lot of people that didn't. So he had to really <laughs> coach them. But um, so you really didn't like the idea that the, the guy kills. I mean, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just uh, I it wasn't I don't know. I just wasn't surprised by it. It wasn't creepy to me. It wasn't. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I like how they like it's disappointing. I didn't want that. Maybe that's why I didn't want it. They find all the extra tape that's all mangled and like somehow 
this woman like tries to De- like Holly Madison deconstructs it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets killed for it. Yeah. And then that guy goes in to interview her and she like, yeah. And then he kills her. Right. You know, it wasn't like, you know, again, not shocking. There's plastic weird. everywhere. It's wrapped in plastic. Yeah. She it's like wrapped hmm. in plastic. Oh, it's for the equipment, you know? Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> I would think that that would cause static electricity all around you. The plastic, oh. you know, in a cold environment like it was. It was like mm-hmm. cold out when they were shooting all that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, when your feet like always shock. Dude, I'm always shocking everything. You know what? Why is it every time I go to the ATM, uh-huh. like the ATM shocks me and now I expect it. So I like I, I like try to like put on gloves or something so I don't shock it's myself. sending out those electro vibes. It's like, don't take the money. <laughs> don't take the money. Bad. Out. It's your system telling you not to take the money. <laughs> Anyway, it is an interesting movie to see on its own. I'm glad I have it. So thank you, Plumkey, for getting it for us. I actually really do appreciate it. I didn't get to watch all the extras, but it is one that I will come back to and check out just the extras on just to know a little bit more about it. But we're going to talk about the next movie because we've already talked too much about that one. We got the Poughkeepsie tapes, which Poughkeepsie. Yeah, the Poughkeepsie tapes. That uh, came out in 2006, 2007. It is a movie that has... Some of the stars in the movie are kind of related to the makers of the film. But you don't really know that because you don't really see them. Mm-hmm. Like their face. In an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York, murder investigators uncover hundreds of tapes showing decades of serial killers' work. And it's disgusting balloons and weird shit <laughs> so this is a uh, another was team it, was that the tagline balloons and weird shit <laughs> <laughs> that should be it that's yeah. the tagline so this is another team of two people this is a brother and a brother john oh. eric dowdle and drew dowdle both wrote this but only john eric dowdle actually directed it so but he is you know written some films and stuff and also directed a few he went on to direct quarantine devil the uh, m night Shyamalan story that he wrote the elevator one yep that was directed by this guy as below as above so below yeah baby which is one i will have to say they definitely stepped up from the poughkeepsie and the quarantine oh my god oh my god i can't believe he did <laughs> right he also did waco tv episodes that was a good show remember that yeah he did six episodes of that and uh also a show called joe pickett and i have no idea what that is was he pick it in the amazon line at home on the armchair <laughs> on for <Facebook>. the employees <laughs> anyway Drew pretty much just stayed producing movies because when they were kids, they it was the two of them. Drew and John made a pact. They were like, you're going to direct, John. I'm going to produce. And so that's kind of how it went down. But he also helps write, you know, so he's done some writing credits. He never directed anything else, but they kind of like work as a team. He did uh, actually work on Quarantine too. by the way. The, uh, play, the plane one. Yeah, he helped uh, write plane. that one. Uh, maybe it was just characters by like the other one was too. He also helped with screenplay of As Above, uh, So Below, and No Escape with uh, Wilson, and the same TV shows we talked about before as well. We got Stacy Chobsky, who is the girl Cheryl, who is 
sort of the sex slave and everything. She's actually married to John, which is funny. She was also in uh, Quarantine and Code Black, No Escape, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Chrome Skull, The Devil, or Devil, and more. We also have Ben Mesmer, who was in this movie. He plays Edward Carver. He's been in movies like Bold Native, Virtually Heroes, Grimetown, Hux, and more. We also get Samantha Robson, who plays Sam or Samantha. She was in A Good Year, The Bill, Red Dwarf, and more. We also get Ivor Brogger, who plays Leonard Shway, Loof George, who plays Felton Lewis, Amy Linden, who plays Alice and Drysart, and many more. So the Poughkeepsie tapes premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in May in 2007. It was scheduled for a theatrical release of over 2,000 different theaters, and it got pulled the day before by MGM on uh, February 2008. It was removed from release schedule everything. And even despite all the promotional advertising and everything. But in July 2014, the film was given its first official release as a video on demand title available at DirecTV and it was pulled again less than a month later with Dottle suggesting that MGN was considering a wider release. Um, I think um, of course we got Scream Factory picked it up October 10th in 2017 for that. Um, yeah, it had some troubles getting out there. For the longest time, the only way that you could watch this movie was through the Pirates in Seas. So you could only illegal, illegally watch it, which probably lost them a lot of money. But, you know, with boutiques like Scream Factory, at least they could recoup some of it. But Christina, Ugh. what did you think of this fine film that Plemke, thank you again, Plemke, for another fine film. What did you think that Plemke gave us here? What did you Don't think? Don't try to guilt me. <laughs> Make me feel guilty. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'm not a fan. I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm really sick of seeing movies where women are tortured. Okay. Women, women, uh, women and children are tortured. Like it's just there's no appeal to me. Like I see the. I don't think I've ever I stopped. See, I, I don't think I've ever. <laughs> uh, like I see how horrific it is and scary it is, and you know whatever. But think about this though. I don't 2006, need to see it anymore. 2007 when this was made. That was kind of at the height that of was, that stuff. Yeah, because isn't that when around like gutter balls came out and like all that stuff, all yeah. of that extreme, oh. more extreme stuff in the 2000s. Like I just no, I'm okay. Okay, so there was one really creepy part in the movie. A couple creepers for me, but yeah, like the way they shot it and everything was cre- creepy. But everything else, I really could have done without. The story was okay. It was it was pretty much about like like detectives investigating same uh, same a bunch of, yeah thing. a bunch of murders, and then they have to go through all these tapes, and you know surprisingly not... low level amount of tape footage. Yeah, did you notice? Yeah, yeah. only I'm sure what they could afford or whatever. But, right, but I don't know. It's okay. So like I. I didn't like this movie, and I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna mention Barbarian. Oh God, here we go. But it, it, but it that movie. It was because I didn't like the way the only woman was treated in that movie. Right. Like it totally ruined the whole movie for me. Right. Well, in that movie, in its defense, I will say this one thing: it is intentionally done in that movie as a trope because there is a message in that movie about women. Yeah, and we shouldn't be kind to everybody. No, that is not the message. 
because everyone's going to screw you Christina, over. Christina, it wasn't a misogynistic <laughs> movie. I didn't say misogynistic. I said you can't be kind to people because everyone is going to screw you over. That was the point of the movie. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I think they were just playing off of tropes in the movie is all I'm saying. Anyway, I thought this movie was stupid. It was gross. It was mur- It was torture porn. It's not even that bad. I, okay, I thought it was bad. Okay. For some reason, some of the... um narration and stuff reminded me of American Horror Story Roanoke. (laughs) I know. The worst one, too. I know, and I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but think that for some reason. I don't know why. Well, yeah, because they do it in a documentary style. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but... They were mimicking this movie, probably. (laughs) Probably. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised. Or Blair Witch or any other other ones like that, so... Right, but if it wasn't for, like, the couple creepy scenes, you know, two out of ten. Jesus Christ. Did not Um, enjoy either this week. So this is a movie that is, a you know, another faux documentary about the footage that they find of a madman serial killer of all serial killers because he's pretty genius and it he can basically switch up his mo at any time and he keeps everybody guessing for decades and this is also taking place in the 90s which is subsequently the same thing as what happened with the blast broadcast all of these like killers in the middle of the you know the 90s i guess which i think we also had what was it was the uh natural born killers was like around that time too uh, no, that was 90. Yeah, 90s. That's what yeah, I'm saying. 90s. 2000. Yeah, it was 1994 that Natural Born Killers came out. It feels like we were having sort of a revival of, of like uh, uh, serial killers at the time, even though this movie takes place in 2006. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just coincidentally around the same time that the last broadcast was doing it. So it makes kind of sense, I guess. They find a collection of tapes that this guy has that would make any horror fan weep. As in, like, there's thousands. <laughs> Any collector, I guess. <laughs> but no, the tapes are his brutal and disgusting torture that he gets off of. You know, does some really weird shit with, like, body dysmorphia. Like, sewing people's body parts together in different ways after they're dead. And, like, sewing dead bodies into people and shit. Just weird shit. Now... You know, sure, this movie is somewhat edgy and realistic because of how it's directed and written. It does sort of feel authentic to a degree, although it feels a little dated now comparatively. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the exact same. You know, it doesn't feel as real as that anymore. Mm -hmm. But they're, you know, they do have some authenticity to it, especially back when they did it, which is what gave the director and his brother a career to move on to bigger movies, obviously. But it's not all really that bad to me. But for anybody that has triggers with rape and stuff like that, obviously there is some like, hey, this is about to happen or it's inferred. A lot of it is inferred off camera. You don't really see anything in camera gore, anything like that, because they couldn't afford it. Right. You know, you do see nude bodies, dead bodies, supposed dead bodies laying in the grass. It's just nude women laying painted up, you know, to make it look dead, mm-hmm. um, which gives it kind of the realistic kind of charm that it has. But it's not to me, like I said, it's just not that bad for, you know, a, a, a torture film. Like, I feel like if you saw Hostel, this is that's way worse than this, mm-hmm. you know, because that goes further. The sort of cat and mouse wordplay that they use in this movie is kind of disgusting. And how he talks to the women 
So I can see how that would be very triggering and disgusting because it's like one of those things you just don't want to hear someone say to somebody or be in a position to hear it because you're stuck. They do a really good job of that in this movie. Like the serial killer is nasty. He's, He's a mean motherfucker. So there's some kid scenes in the movie where he's like talking to the kids too, which makes you feel ultra uncomfortable, obviously. Don't see anything obviously with that either. Still kind of. But yeah, it is. It's intended to be a tasteful version of what you could, you know, of a, a distasteful movie. Right. Um, but I do give them credit. It's not a movie that really keeps with age. You know, it's a decent idea. But we've seen so much more authentic styles and movies since then. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's still kind of raw. And I think it did well for its time and even coming back and still existing and people still talk about it to this day, you know, specifically the scenes that you see on the tape. You always see like GIFs uh, or, you know, GIFs, whatever you want to call them um, online of like people. And they're always like, what is that movie? That looks creepy as shit. What the fuck is that? That mm-hmm. looks like a real fucking torture room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's it's not. It's just part of this movie. Just uh, the rawness of it is probably what people really like about this film. It does have an interesting sort of documentary approach that feels real. And thank God it isn't because if it was real, it would be pretty fucking scary. And at no point did I actually feel like this was, you know, a real movie. Right. The acting is probably better than the last broadcast, at least. Right. Uh, but we're you're not talking like leaps and bounds, although the lead Cheryl does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Still, I think it's a pretty good usage of an idea on a feature that is pretty well acted and story is pretty interesting, but it's not exactly the most atmospheric movie I, you know, that I've seen because it has a lot of broken up parts where they're just talking about the documentary stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still respect it. It's, it's a lot easier to watch than something like The Blair Witch or The Last Broadcast, personally. But this is just, you know, a few years later after people had already seen a bunch of shitty versions of these. So they've kind of gotten a little bit of leeway to do better, you know, like or worse, if you will. But feels like very similar structures to like the last broadcast. But it does have a few surprises. They are creative and thoughtful when they try to get really dark and disturbing in this movie verbally. I think it's worth watching if you like serial docs and haven't seen it. I would give it a whirl just to see what you think. Not a, you know, high rewatch value here, but it's still very creative and a a very cool gift to own because, you know, it has its own sort of weird history of release. It's one of those movies that never got released and it's kind of weird that they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think it was MGM just being worried that it would tarnish their brand because it was too dark for them. Understandable. I think they overreacted, but... I, I, I get it. I'd probably give this movie like a 5.5 or a 6 compared to the other one, which mm-hmm. I gave a 4 or a 3.5 probably. But yeah, just as an age well, I still respect the hell out of it. There are some pretty decent scenes in it that are very effective at delivering a sort of torture-esque vibe, mm-hmm. you know, but it still doesn't overall as a vibe because it's broken up in a different way of storytelling, so... So you said two, Two. I said uh, 5.5 or six. So we're talking 2.75 or 3.75. Jesus Christ. Wasn't a good week for me. Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we do have some trivia on the movie. Um, if you do want to check it out, you can check it out on Prime Video. You can, as long as you're a subscriber and Paramount Plus, you can also watch it on Epics and Hoopla as well. So, or you can just rent it online, I think. Hoopla is a library app. Is it? Yep. Okay. Well, some people use it, I'm sure. Oh, I use it. Oh, okay. Everything's free on it. Oh, yeah. What like my it. taxes pay for, God damn it. And now they have them as apps on fucking programs, too, so you can watch them digitally. Yep. So you can, like, watch them on your phone or cast them. Yep, that's what I do. That's pretty cool. It but is. And audiobooks and... We do have some trivia on this. If you don't want anything spoiled, you can listen to the end of the podcast where we talk about what we're going to watch next week. Um, the uh, But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So the funny thing about this movie is that it aired at the Tribeca Film Festival, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a theater that had about 50 seats in it, 30 of which were their family members that all showed up. Mm-hmm. The rest were all the production people who decide whether or not it's going to be a movie they distribute. Or pick up for their service or whatever. And how many people left? A lot of their family members left <laughs> in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Makes sense. And he said, don't go anywhere. Are you going? And you're like, look, we, we support you. We came here to support you, but this is just not our thing. <laughs> too much. <Yeah. laughs> it's too much. I don't even think it's that bad. That's what's so well, funny to me. Well, you don't, but I mean. I can see it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Not a Christian movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because they were like, fuck, these are all the guys that are watching people walk out on a movie that they might buy. That's not a good sign. So then you should have invited your family. Well, yeah, I guess not. Huh? <laughs> they uh, eventually were asked to do a more updated version. And they said that they were so young back then when they actually did do it, that it was just a different time and a different vibe. And they were a little bit more darker back then right. than they are now. Like they, you they know, got kids and shit, I'm sure. Right. And they also, you know, actually, the funny thing is one of them, actually, John and that Cheryl girl mm-hmm. are actually married, married. Mm-hmm. their husband and wife. And they had just gotten married while they were making this oh movie. God. While they were researching it, he, you know, John bought like hundreds of books on serial killers, which he donated to goodwill (laughs) and so everybody had you know they're they're probably really excited about that she was amazing to listen to talk Mm -hmm. she's just really very uh she loved the experience she said that all of those parts that she was like freaking out in and everything and like frothing at the mouth she's like the main girl that like gets tortured over the entire movie you know she's a sex slave she even said that she was like you know i don't actually die i'm like just a sex slave, you know? And then she started cracking up. She's she like, just though. a sex slave. Huh? <laughs> Interesting. But she was like, you know, I really love doing it. She's like, you know, I've never acted anything as more than this and better than this since, you know? She said, I, so I really got to just let loose and I'm just really proud of it. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, there's just that thing inside of you that's like, when you're an actor, the last thing you want to be doing is just like sitting at a phone in the movie going, Yes, hello, how are you? Over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. She said with this, they were like, just go nuts. She got so into it that she was like hog tying herself in the bedroom. And John would come walking into the bedroom and be like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) So, but he, uh, she said she had to audition just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. When she did audition, she said a lot of the girls at first, she was like, nobody did any good. She's like, I shouldn't say it like that. 
She was like, the ones that did it, they were like, we don't want to act in your shitty little oh, horror yeah. movie. They were like slumming it for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas she was like, this is awesome, you know, and she really wanted to be in it. And she had a lot of ideas and a lot of things that she wanted to do in the movie. And she said she just had an ultimately fun time being tortured in a movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she said it was really a wild experience and she wouldn't change a thing about it. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, they were asked to do an updated version. They said that they were too wild and dark back then. They didn't think that. It would come across the same. They'd be more tempted to make it more tame these days mm-hmm. than they did back then. And uh, he said, it's just, it's better to be left alone. You know, he's like, we could, they were like, we could re-release it as a, this version, you know? And he was like, nah. No. Story on her and John meeting, because this is their kind of like their movie that brought them together in a way. When she, she had met him when he was a kid, there was a party and he was like, do you see that girl over there? I could marry her someday. <laughs> and then he only went over and shook her hand the whole night, never even said, and said hello. It shook her hands? Yeah, and then <laughs> I guess the guy who threw the party, he was like, look, next time you have a party, you have to invite her and me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to ask her out. Because <laughs> he didn't have the balls at the time. Oh, my gosh. She even was making fun of the brothers mm-hmm. because she's like, you know, they're like the Midwestern, like, nice guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody had to, like, she's like, you guys got to understand, like, everybody loves them, mm-hmm. you know? So seeing them make a fucking horror movie is just fucking weird anyway. She's like, but everybody's always like, you're just too nice, you know? You're <laughs> too nice. But she said that, you know, she went to that party afterwards, and that's how mm-hmm. they, they ended up being together. Oh. And so then they got married right before this movie. And moved into a house and were practicing and doing all this other stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, when, when, uh, MGM pulled that movie two weeks before they were going to have it in 2000 theaters, man. Wow. And they pulled it just like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you look at something like paranormal activity, which started out with like 90 theaters mm-hmm. and they went to 250. And then went to a thousand and then went to five thousand and it made all this money mm-hmm. kind of like with the similar success of Blair Witch, although not as much, um, but a very good amount, you know, mm-hmm. um, but this movie really just didn't get the, the the roots in the ground to be able to do that kind of thing. I definitely don't think this is as good as those movies, honestly, right. but I still think it's pretty cool. Like they did a good job of certain things in it. You know, there's a lot of work put in this movie. I mean, just think about the people who had to come up with the labels for every single one of those tapes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, there was literal thousands and they brought them to a mortuary. Do you remember that? Yeah. For the 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 FODOC that yeah. they did, yeah, and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I was like, why did they go to the mortuary? <laughs> they had to buy all those tapes. It was probably pretty cheap at that time. Yeah, you know, that's when they were just starting to get rid of them all. Right. So they probably all they had to do was just buy stickers. Yeah, they probably just went to Goodwill and right. just bought all the Disney and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones yeah, the, the clamshells that everybody thought was going to be worth billions of dollars. Everybody throws them away. There's a dick in her in her hair. If you look at her <laughs> hair, there's a dick. <laughs> Did you okay? So what was the scary scene that you said you liked in this movie? Well, one of them from the beginning, um, uh, when uh, they were driving to the gas station, they picked up the hitchhiker. It was the couple. 
Oh, so, yeah. He's like, the gas station is just around this corner. And he bangs him on the he- back of the head. Yeah. So, you know, you don't see anything. But I thought it was it was funny and silly when the de- when police find the bodies and whatnot, like his head was inside of her. Oh, yeah. That- I thought that was, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. He's like, wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Right. You, oh, yeah. He got it up. on camera. He's like, look, look what I did for you. And then you look down and it's like, you can't there's hardly. There's like a face. There's a face in her <laughs> stomach. And she's just like highly medicated because I guess he knocked her out to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> it looked fake, but it looked kind of cool too in the same regard. <laughs> just the idea of someone doing that is kind of fucked up. And they did show the body, like the fake body. Right. That looked all old and when they pulled it out of the ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were like, it wasn't even the person whose head it was in. It was a male head and a female body. <laughs> but then when they find the tapes they they realize who it was you know mm-hmm. so there was a lot of like really thoughtful things like little tiny touches that they did that i thought was kind of unique and interesting mm-hmm. uh that kind of add to the authenticity of the movie in a way mm-hmm. but not exactly you know it's not for whatever reason i get a lot of these movies mixed up mm-hmm. you know so for i haven't seen this in a long time right I remember them pulling up and some guy going, you shouldn't be here. You should get out. And it's a different found footage movie or something oh, like that. You know what confused. I mean? Yeah. Um, some of my favorite scenes are towards the end. Mm-hmm. But there are some moments, you know, where you know, they drown Cheryl. They put her on, put on this weird fucking mask that looks like fucking. What's that movie? The doll mask. Yeah, it was like a doll the mask. Strangers. Yeah, but there's another movie where they they do some stage fright. But they had this other mask on in this stage fright movie. Wasn't it an owl? In the original. Oh. In the the newer one, it was like this weird face mask. I don't see that. I think that's the same movie. But there's like a remake of it, right? I don't know. Anyway. They do something with the mask on the girl, and that's just creepy in itself. And she's like crying behind it. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's dark. There's a scene where they, like, pick up prostitutes and she helps. And she's like, no, 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 don't try to escape. He wouldn't like that. He wouldn't like that. <laughs> and then the fucking guy comes in, kicks her in the face a couple of times, and then ties her to the pole and then forces the the Cheryl sex slave to kill the girl. So she comes up behind him, behind the girl, and just slits her throat real quick. But you find out later on when they find her in a coffin uh, that she's, like, in love with the guy and stuff. And No, she has Stockholm Syndrome. Right. But she, like, it's weird because, like, they do that interview with her at the end, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, but she, she was trying to get them to tell her what to say because she, has, she hasn't had control over anything. Right. You know, so she's gone a little bit crazy, and that's why she killed herself. Right. Yeah, and that's what you see in the very beginning of the movie is her body being dragged out of the of the hole. I don't know why he like put a rope around her body and then dragged it out. That's kind of weird. But yeah, he was a necrophiliac, so he would have sex with a dead body for whatever reason. <laughs> they even have a scene in the movie where they talk to uh, what was his name? That Zach, um, the detective. He talks to who? What famous serial killer in the movie? Oh, Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. He stupid. talks. To, yeah, it was kind of stupid. Uh, but, you know, 
profiling. They were trying to figure out the profile for mm-hmm. this guy, and he would change his MO up so they didn't even know with him. So he had like a couple of different names, like Ted Bundy did. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have a couple of names? I think so. Like, because he spread his stuff out and changed it up in the middle of it. Yeah. So I think that's why they did that. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they uh, he also pinned it on a cop. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that yeah, was the, a really... Like, I don't know how he got his sperm. The the guy seemed like, creepy, the too, the cop. Yeah, the cop seemed creepy. And then he got the lethal injection, and then they found out, and then the tapes popped back up, and right. they found out it wasn't him. Yeah, and then in the interview of the son, he's like, yeah, so they killed my dad. <laughs> <We're all> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, they, uh, they're one of my favorite scenes. I think the more like the one that really kind of freaked me out, made me uncomfortable was there is a British woman who is on the side of the road and they are explaining that, oh, they never caught him, that he gave the directions to the cops to come get Cheryl out of the wooden box. And while he was telling everybody that, that it was the butcher of whatever street it was. He was out starting to pick up other women. And they, one of the last women he picks up, he's like a cop. Yeah. He's a cop with a cop car in a cop car. And she's like talking to him and he's like, yeah, I can give you a ride. No problem. You know, you really shouldn't be out here. The water street butcher is out here. She's like, I thought he only killed, you know, executed prostitutes or something like that. That's what she says. Uh huh. And he's like, like he's like, yeah, but it's just unsafe. You know, uh, I'd let you sit in the front seat, but if you want to sit in the back and she's like, oh, OK. And she gets in the back and you can't open the doors, obviously, from the back. And he's like, so out of curiosity, why, why did you uh, call me officer before? It was like toying with her. She's like, what, what do you mean? Because you're wearing an outfit of your uniform. Yeah, but why would you think that I'm an officer? You never asked me. Uh, or, you know, he's, and he's like, well, she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to show you. Yeah, it was stupid. Things and then, that yeah. you will never be. She's like, I'm going to have to kill you and me because the things I'm going to do to you are going to be so terrible. And it's like she starts screaming and her performance right there was really kind of actually real. You know what I mean? Because she's like panicking, realizing that she's going to die in these horrific ways. And it's just like, isn't that how the movie ended? Yeah. And then after the credits rolled. Okay. That's what I was wondering if you saw it. There, Yeah. There was just, it, it was stupid. It was just some chick and she was like gagged and she was just screaming. I guess it's part two. Like, I, I think like, it's the same lady. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't pay that much she's attention. She's got like a, a woman with a ball gag and she's crying and he says, I'll make you a deal. You can live as long as you don't blink. And they keep the camera on her and then the camera like goes to black. So they never caught him. Yeah, they never caught him. He's, He's on the still loose. out there yeah. making, making the videotapes. Well, how do you make a sequel? Making the videotapes. You know what I mean? If they yeah, would have well, made good. a sequel. I'm glad they didn't. They didn't need to. It's called Gutter Balls. That's, <laughs> That's the sequel. Not, that one's actually really bad. For the, the rape scene, though. That's like a 20-minute yeah, rape scene. Stupid. And it's a comedy, which is even more weird because it gets really serious at wasn't that point. It wasn't funny to me. Yeah. What was it, though? The one thing they also mentioned that we didn't mention was is that the interesting thing I thought, like a little touch that they put in there is they were like, you know, we have all these thousands of tapes, but we didn't get them all, you know? Oh, yeah, there was some tapes missing. Yeah, he's like, there was 27 tapes missing, and it kind of makes me wonder... 
And this is the editor who's like, you know, we've had like nine editors on this and everybody leaves because they can't handle it too much. And, you know, like it's traumatic for everybody that uses it or watches all these tapes and everything like that. And he was like, so it just makes you wonder, like, what were on those tapes that he didn't want to share with everybody? That he would have shared all this extra stuff. Like, was it, like, stuff that would have made him be caught? Or, like, what? And I was just like, ooh, that's kind of an interesting thought, you know? Not really. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know. I like that little extra touch. Uh-huh. So if you were really into the movie and you're paying attention, you benefited from from you, knowing 27 tapes were missing. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, maybe that's what they were going to do with the sequel. You know what I mean? Maybe they're going to be right. like the 27 tapes were being sent to them, rationed out at a time. Right. They're edited because it showed his face, so we had to like right. Well, they kind of showed. That's his face. what I think. No, they did. He was wearing a mask. What was that period piece that he was wearing? The the plague death. Oh, the play doctor. Yeah, it was a d- d- morgue doctor or yeah, some shit. something. There was like some, like they actually. They were trying to make it deep. They were trying to make it more realistic by saying things that actually, you know, happened and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much it. There's some creepy scenes where he's like crawling around with the mask in it. Mm-hmm. Where he's like on all fours, but he's got the mask up on the back of his head. So it looks kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Looks he's like he's walking on, on his own. Like you know how they yeah, do the that in the legs. movies? Or no, actually it was he was on his hands and feet walking. Right. But the mask was on backwards, so it looked creepy. It looked like he was like right. doing a contorted all yeah, weird. Contorted, but he really wasn't. Right. So yeah, that's pretty much it for these two movies this week. Um, have you seen them? Have you enjoyed them? Do you agree with us? Did you not like them? Uh I think, you know, I think this one's much easier to watch than the other one. For sure. It's not going to be for everybody, especially like Christina said, if you're triggered pure by stuff. Pure garbage. Pure garbage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think, you know, there's some pretty interesting techniques and things that they did in there that, you know, other films have probably borrowed from now to elaborate on, you know. And I wonder what the next big craze is going to be, like VR horror. You know, like what are, what are we going to get next? apps. It's all the apps. Apps, yeah, but we already had apps countdown, ki- right? Apps killing you. <laughs> it's the final countdown. Oh God! <laughs> she couldn't sing it last <laughs> time. <laughs> I don't want to get copyrighted, so You're fine. I don't know. <laughs> they listen to that and they pull us down, you know, like our pants, and we don't oh, know what to do. Oh, poor us. And we can't get back on iTunes or Spotify or something. You know, I don't know. They cancel us. <laughs> anyway. Next week, we got some Christmas holiday horror stuff going on. We're going to be some new movies, actually. Usually, I do a lot of the new movies on the podcast or on the YouTube. Uh, I think I'm going to do it for the for the podcast just to have a little fun there. And then we'll do some stuff on YouTube as well. I, hopefully, I can see Violent Night. Maybe we can go out to the theater or something to go see that. Yeah. It'd be a good YouTube video, right? Mm-hmm. And we got Christmas Bloody Christmas, the new Joe Bagos Killer Santa movie. But these two that we're going to be doing next week are on Tubi, so you can watch them. One of them's called Jack Frost from 2022, which looks ridiculous. And we got a killer Christmas tree movie, literal killer Christmas tree movie called The Killing Tree. That's also on Tubi that you can watch for free with ads. So that sounds fun. I I we watched the trailer for the Killing Tree, and I was like, "Yep." And, and it's very obviously shit acting, 
but it looks kind of awesome. And yeah. it reminds me of Treevenge, which we love so much, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen that short, you should look it up. It's by the hobo with a shotgun director. Mm-hmm. But this one is called The Killing Tree, and it is about a killer Christmas tree that has been brought to life because she tries this lady tries to bring her husband back to life Mm -hmm. and he gets into the tree and starts killing people (laughs) (laughs) so it looks kind of fun it might not be amazing but at least it'll be it'll be fun it'll be holiday themed so i hope you guys will join us for next week's adventures and we'll figure out what we're going to watch the following week might be something new might be something old we'll figure it out if you got suggestions let us know maybe we'll watch it for the following week and uh yeah let us know i would love to hear from you guys but thank you so much for coming by let us know what you think about the movies we watched this week and as always long live the voice